Welcome to the Investor Shed Podcast with Nick Beveridge, the ultimate source for all things investing and beyond. For free tools, tips, and tricks, go to NorthIdahoREI.com. Johnny Ritoutis is a former real estate agent who started his investing career off with house hacking. Listen in as he tells about his first house and how it funded the business that he loves working in today. Johnny. What's up? How you been, man? Good. Good to see you. Johnny Ratitudius. Ratitudus. Ratitudus. So you've got a last name that people look at on paper and they're like, fuck that. Pretty much. I uh, <laughs> I always start a conversation whenever someone asks me my last name, not by saying it, but by spelling it. Okay. Yep. Yep. I go R-A-T, and then that's that's all they got to know. Rat. So rat. Rat. <laughs> Retotus. <laughs> they, they never get it right. Rat- and Retotus. Who known? Mm-hmm. Some days you go out just hunting rats. Rassling them. <laughs> Peanut butter you, them. You own a uh, I own control a pest business. Yes. So I own a pest control company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, funny enough, love what I do. So yeah. mm-hmm. you look like you're having fun. I do have fun. <laughs> every day's a every day's a journey because no house is the same, especially when you're dealing with uh, when you're dealing with pests. Right. And it's almost like a meme too. I know a bunch of other pest control owners across the United States, so I network with them. And every time we get on like a conference call or whatever, it's uh, it's actually pretty much most of it's just joking. Like something weird happens yeah. almost every day, and it's just. It's just a ball. It's it's funny. I can imagine that. Mm-hmm. So you and I met um, mm-hmm. at a real estate seminar back in oh, five six years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. Two thousand fourteen ish. Yeah, yeah, we did. That and, was. Um, you mm-hmm. were pretty young. I think you were nineteen. I think you. I was no. I was not, I was like eighteen or even. 18. I was like turning eighteen almost. It was right around that time. I think I just graduated or was on my way to graduate no I, I had to have graduated by that time but yeah, yeah it was, it was very time. so th- so that was your first year out of high school yep it, that's what it was first year out of high school yep and you stumbled into a real estate seminar on your own by the way yes yeah, so it was on my seminar. own um so what what led up to that <laughs> so first job funny enough i was a sandwich artist at subway so they call him a sandwich artist sandwich artist don't get that wrong it's very offensive if you do make beautiful sandwiches um but you want me to not make offense to that fine no um (laughs) very prestigious job for my first one but um yeah so i started my first job and that was like when i was i think i got hired on at like 15 and a half like technically like a couple months before your legal age yeah um and that was in washington or spokane spokane valley um worked there um got sick of it very quick um, and then I actually, funny enough, was a caregiver for, and that was probably like two years after that until I was like 18. And that's when I stumbled into a real estate investing course because I was, because I was getting very sick of working. Um, mm-hmm. not necessarily working. I like working, but working for, uh, working for people, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I got a, uh, I was in the car going to work and I, uh, heard a radio ad. It was like the Than Merrill stuff or whatever. Um, and I was like, Oh, real estate investing. I, I had no idea about, no, had no clue about real estate, yeah. um, no clue about the benefits of real estate. In fact, I thought it was an awful idea to buy and own real estate just because um, my parents did it and they were very, uh, they was like, they only ever owned one house and long story short, they ended up, uh, like I think it was a short sale or something like that. So in the back of my tiny little brain, I just thought it was always a bad idea. 
Like you're right. gonna go bankrupt or so they you buy know. it like a peak or something, and then they had to sell while things were. It was a it was a it was a, a kind of like a money situation. I, I'm not sure they were you know, uh, super financially savvy, and it's nothing against them or anything like that. It just is what it is. Actually, in fact, mm-hmm. I think most people aren't exactly financially savvy, and that's why I think finance should really be taught um, in high school uh, yeah. to a very high level, and it should be mandatory. And and uh, like I said, I'm pretty young. I just got out of high school, I don't know, say five years ago or so. And I don't ever remember learning about money or credit or how to build credit. It's like a either. super taboo subject, in fact. So. And then when you get out of high school, that's all you I mean, that's 80% of your life is trying to figure out your finances. Yeah, and hopefully by that time you'd have it messed up and have to rebuild at that point. You know, like, oh, it's a credit card. I got a $500 limit. It's my first one. And you just rack it up and you're only making like... I don't know what the average minimum wage is and the average, uh, like, hourly. Well, what does a sandwich artist get per hour? So what I made, and I remember this clearly, (laughs) every two weeks, because I wasn't (laughs) full-time, and I think our full-time people were probably making, like, 500 bucks every two weeks. I made, like, 280 bucks every two weeks, 240 bucks every two weeks on average. Um, Yeah, not a lot of money, but (laughs) it's it's, it's the case. Um, So when... When you're out of school, or let's say you have that job out of school or whatever, and you're not really taught about finances, it's not a lot to go off of, right? And let's say you get a credit card, not knowing about finances, that's what you're making. Let's say you maybe even make a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a month, um, and you just rack up a bunch of credit card debt. You get like a Victoria's Secret credit card, or like a Ulta credit card, or a Best Buy credit card. You know the store cards that they offer you. Mm-hmm. You just rack it up because you think you have the money, but you don't. So now you're yeah. paying you know, 25% interest on a credit card. It's just, it's a bad thing. So, but yeah, so yeah. that was, that was, that was where it kind of started, I guess. It was, it was a Santa Charter subway. Um, then I was a caregiver. Um, and then I heard that radio ad and that's where I met you. It was, it was it a three day thing, two day thing. That was a three day seminar. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was almost, I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday, kind of all day. Thing. Yeah. It was pretty intense. It actually was. I learned a lot from the I short amount of time the, that I was there, and it kind of flipped me on my head from thinking that real estate was a really awful idea to like, okay, some people actually make money doing this. Like, what the heck? You know, no idea. It mm-hmm. had no clue. You know that that you could even make money. I always thought it was a bad idea. Um, then I met you. Um, what's funny is uh, when I met you at that seminar, or when you, I think, is you and your brother that walked in. Um, I had no, no clue who you guys were and like uh, the speaker, I forget his name, you know, ask if people owned real estate. I think you, at that time, I'm not sure what your portfolio looked like, but you guys wrote, rose your hands and I was like, okay, cool, they own a house. Like, okay, do you own rental real estate is what the dude said. You guys raise your hand and I'm like, oh, these guys look super young. What, what do you mean they own rentals? Like, what, what, the, what the heck is this? So as soon as I found that out, I'm like, okay, cool. Picked up my stuff and sat right next to you. <laughs> um, and I'm like, and I, pick, I try to pick up. And I was still one. pretty new to it at that <laughs> time too. I had gone mm-hmm. to lots of seminars in the past and they kind of motivate me and stuff mm-hmm. but um yeah yeah, yeah it's and, kind of funny how and honestly if i never went to that seminar like i i've always wanted to do something and you know either way i would have probably done something it's just i don't think it would have accelerated as fast as it did if i didn't um and and learning from people is is huge you know i found that to be super important at, at this point you know looking back yeah. so i really do appreciate that i mean really i mean that's that's like my other arm right now is, is working on getting more investments in real estate, you know, um, mm-hmm. to build more passive income. 
um, and, and to really grow your net worth, not even just, you know, from the rental income you make, but from the, from the debt that gets paid down, you know, leveraging, leveraging home loans to, to really actually build your wealth. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so let's talk about, so that weekend you learned a lot, obviously mm -hmm. you're motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you had reached out to me and you said, Hey, if you ever, um, could I, could I go with you if you ever go analyze deals or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. So I, and I, I remember think I invited that. You, one. you did. You did invite me to one. I remember going to that, and I mentioned, you know, when I when I was asking you, I was like, any of your projects, you know, paint for free or, yeah. or whatever, you know. So, um, and so yeah, I did go on that. Uh, you were analyzing a property, talking to a seller or something like that uh, to potentially buy. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I learned a little bit from that kind of how you were walking around and, and analyzing the deal. So yeah, that's kind of how that started. And mm -hmm. then you joined a real estate team. I did. Yep. So Tell us you about that. so you uh, you recommended a, a team, or uh, one of the top teams in the bro uh, at the brokerage, uh, and yeah, I interviewed with them um, for an ISA position. So not really a real estate agent at that point, but I still had to get licensed to chat about like home prices and stuff like that. So talk about it. So people that are listening probably. 90% of them probably don't know ISA. ISA, can, so, can so an inside sales agent, essentially. Um, and I was almost like an OSA as well, or outside sales agent. I was kind of a mix between the two. And what that is, is <clears throat> you're essentially given both warm and cold leads or website leads that come in, or also like a database that has already been built up of, of people, like contacts and numbers and uh, emails and whatnot. And my job was to call everyone. And... Uh, and essentially turn cold leads into warm leads. So reconnect with people that, you know, the team hasn't reached out to in a long time or something like that, along with getting a warm lead to potentially get in the office for an appointment um, to essentially meet with an actual real estate agent um, to go out and start seeing houses or to chat about what their home is worth for like a, um, a CMA. And that's, that's what my, that, that was my job is just calling people. Yeah. You know, learning scripts is a big one. Um, and that, that, that was it. Just spending a lot of time on the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I mean, even though that's kind of grunt work and it's a, it can be a grind, um, doing that at a very young age, um, really builds your skill set huge, setting you up for long term, not being afraid to get on the phones. Cause you wouldn't believe how many agents or other business owners get into the business and they, then all of a sudden they reality kicks in and they, they know they have to do a lot of prospecting or they have to get on the phone and talk to people and persuade people or just, just make contacts in general. And that mm -hmm. a lot of people are afraid of doing that, but because you were just thrown into that mm -hmm. right away, do you think that kind of helped you with your, like your, the business that you're working on now? 100%. Um, it's, it's, it's the ugly work of almost any industry is, is marketing or not even necessarily marketing is just lead generation or direct, you know, sales mm -hmm. with people and, and, no matter what industry you're in, you're selling. You're selling yeah. yourself, you're selling a product, you're selling a service, no matter what industry you're in, it doesn't matter. And in, in my head too, when I thought real estate agent before I was actually thrown in the trenches too, I thought you're out like playing golf, driving a nice car, smoking a cigar, meeting people and that's all you do, but that, no, that's, that's you learn real quick that if you can't get in the trenches and do the dirty work, um, and, and really, that's, that's lead gen is the most important part, in, in my opinion, because that's, that's your funnel. That's who, the people you're going to be working with months down the line. Um, you're not going to be busy if you don't. Yeah. You know, you might get a couple one-offs, you know, here and there. But to stay consistently busy, you're going to have to sell or you're going yeah. to have to prospect and lead generate. With any business? Any business. 
And Any it, it all starts with lead generation. That's why, you know, 80, 80 to 90% of businesses all fails because they don't get that first key ingredient right. Lead generate, bring in more leads than you think you'll need. And then Absolutely. you can do your business from there, but you have to do that consistently, regularly. And that's hyper all important. Front. Mm -hmm. And most people want to skip that somehow or think that they can pay money to market or something like that. or, But like actual phone prospecting or door to door or whatever. Yeah, pounding the pavement, going door to door, um, getting on the phone, um, chatting with vendors. I mean, it's it's all important. And, you know, I've I've taken so much from being in real estate for for. Uh, for the last five years that I've applied into, you know, my pest control business that, that I think it really, I mean, without, without that prior experience, I would have no idea what I'm doing. You know, mm -hmm. it it's so important. And, and it, with any business, like, like I said earlier, it's just prospect prospecting can also look different in different businesses too, but it's just as important. Yeah. Um, I feel and, like if you can get that down and just that, you know, if you know how to prospect, if you get the whole concept, mm -hmm. you can go out and do any business you want to do. You can get into any industry. Literally any industry. Any and, industry. and you can crush it and, and just destroy your competition if you're really good at it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is yeah. what you've already done in a real short amount of time with your pest control business, I feel like. No, I think there's a lot of great companies out here, yeah. um, a lot of good people. Um, and I wouldn't want to say crush competition in a sense because I actually love a lot of people in the area. But no, I'm a very competitive person. Um, and I think over the next four or five years, I think I'll be able to edge, edge pretty hard. Um, and, you know, the goal is to even do it sooner. Um, mm -hmm. But with any business, in, in, including real estate, it's, it's, a, it's honestly a long game. I mean, you can't expect to get into it the first month and, and instantly start making these big paychecks because no. the reality sets in it's not going to happen. And if you don't have, if you're expecting that, it could really demoralize you um, when it just doesn't fall in your lap. Um, and you, in my opinion, you really have to look at it in the scope. I like looking at things in like a five-year time frame. And in, fi in fact, I think t five years is all, it's, it's not necessarily short, but if you, if you look at the scope of your life and what you're doing, it's pretty short. So I like looking at things in five-year chunks, like where am I going to be in five years, how long is it going to take, and then I try to break it down into a year-long process and then from a month-long process. And then I go, okay, what do I need to do this week? Uh, to potentially get to that five-year point. And that five-year point can get pretty scary when you actually look at it um, and what you want to accomplish. Um, but no, I think, I think prospecting is absolutely important in any sort of business. And yeah, you're going to face tons of, I guess the easiest way to put it is rejection. Mm -hmm. um, and you just got to deal with it. I mean, if you're going to own a business or, or go into real estate, you're, you have to have some sort of thick skin. Because if you don't, it's, you are going to get demoralized. I mean, people are going to say, tell you no. Mm -hmm. People are going to slam doors in your face or hang up on you on the phone. And you just got to keep doing it. And that's yeah. that's the tough part about lead gen, too. Um, you you know, just got to know it's you, all in the numbers. It's all in the numbers. Yeah. And I'm you just safe. try to get better at, at your at what you're doing every every single day, you know. And that's kind of the way I look at it is whenever someone tells me no, I, I want to ask why. In a sense, you know. Mm -hmm. that's that's my big thing it's like a no doesn't mean someone hates me it could have got them on a bad day it could have it, it doesn't really matter why they said no um or it does matter i'm sorry why they say no in a sense because most of the time when you get rejected by someone it's not because they dislike you as a person um or they're just mean it's just it's, it's, timing. it's timing a lot yeah. of times you know you can chat I'm with someone not right now not right now not that's right all now. it is and so that's that's my big plus thing. percent of the time <laughs> And that's, that's what you have to learn and, and realize. And I think 
and I think that's that's really good perspective because, like I said, if I if I started you know my other business without having the perspective that I got in real estate, I think it would I would have been a it's a school of hard hard knocks essentially you know and yeah. and I got taught that in real estate from you know five years ago this is a really good learning experience so now when I get when someone says no I don't care I, I don't you know have a great day um, and then I'll call you again <laughs> you know yeah um, so that's that's just important you know and I, I look at myself no matter what industry I'm in as, as honestly a salesman it's a dirty word to some people but realistically it shouldn't be everything in life is, is you're selling everything you're talking to your kids you're trying to get them to go to bed at a certain time or you're trying to get them to do, you're selling. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, you know, you, you're, you're trying to convince someone, you know, that well, either your product or service is beneficial, beneficial to them or that brushing their teeth at night is going to help them instead of hurt them. They, they might dislike you for it for a while, but they'll realize eventually. Um, yeah. So I think, I, I think in general sales is essential. It's not going away. Never. It will never go away. So um, let's talk about real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real estate podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're not really going to have anybody on the show unless they're an investor, and mm-hmm. you are an investor. Absolutely. Tell me about the first property you bought and how you did it, and um, spoiler alert, you're a house hacker. Yes. <laughs> I love house hacking. Yes. Absolutely. It's, awesome it's... tactic for your first property. So. Yes. So that's what I did at first, um, and it still am doing. Um, so I bought a property in Post Falls. Um is that 2016 now? Four years ago? Yeah, I believe it's 2016. Um, within and that was man, that was like I think only my first year into the real estate team. I really wasn't making a whole lot of money. Um, and what's crazy, if if you think about real estate too, is you don't necessarily need a whole lot of money to get in. Um, no. It's scary when you think about it if you have no perspective or if you have no past experience with it. But really, if you chat with like a good real estate agent, they'll 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 be able to set you straight. Um, I got on with an FHA loan. Uh, no or low down. I, I did not put much money down. Three and a half percent is what they were calling. Yeah, but there was but also... But you also have like a lot of local um, governments yes. maybe have... So I, I went through a down payment. Uh, it was a down payment assistance or something like yep. that. I took so a class. So another 3%. So in Idaho, you basically, you have to come up with a half a percent. Half a percent. And I bought... Mm-hmm. Lower than if you needed to get into a rental. No, seriously, yeah, you, you, yeah, absolutely, and that's funny because you can potentially buy a house for cheaper than you could, you know, like I said, do a, uh, or like you said, you know, put a deposit and, and all that on, on a rental, and so um, I got in for super, uh, for almost no down, um, and... Well, what, it, go ahead. I mean, it was under 200000 It was right? under 200000 yeah. And you need a half a percent, so mm-hmm. it's, we're talking under... It was like under a thousand bucks. Wait, right. it was a, no, it was like fifteen hundred or something like that. Fifteen hundred, yeah. actually half a percent. But there was also a couple of closing costs tied up in there. But it was oh, okay. it was about a thousand bucks, more okay. or less. Because you got your closing costs wrapped into the deal mm-hmm. too, right? Yep. So I had the seller. Mm-hmm. So the seller, so yeah, so the seller paid closing essentially is how it got wrapped up. Okay. And uh, so we got into the house, great house. As soon as I got in, we were house hacking, essentially renting out the rooms, which is fantastic because, you know, it really helps support, you know, even if you're not, yeah. even if you don't think you can afford it, there's a lot of ways you can afford it, essentially. So, so tell me about the house. How big is it? And uh, which room did you take? And did you rent out to friends, family? So I went, uh, yeah, so I rented one room out to family and another room out to friend, 
a friend. Okay, so you had a three-bedroom house? Three, yeah, it was a three-bed, two-and-a-half bath. Rented out both rooms, um, and then obviously we had, we had the master. Um, okay. But what, we, do you remember your pay, mortgage payment? Oh, it was uh, about eleven hundred bucks. Okay. No, it was just over a thousand. It was a thousand fifty. Thousand fifty. Okay. Yep. And then, do you remember what you were getting in rents from the two rooms? It was enough to cover the mortgage. Enough to cover. Okay, so you're living for free. Yep. In a nice newer house, right? Yep. This was a newer house. It was a right. yeah. It was a newer house. It was uh, it was built in. I bought it in two thousand and uh, yikes, I forget two thousand sixteen. It was built only four years prior I think maybe even less um, okay yeah it was a very it was a newer house yeah. not, not the biggest house or anything you know but it was it was a newer house it was a nice house nothing was wrong with it right um and yeah absolutely I mean how I, I love house hacking I'll, I'll do it until my wife absolutely won't let me do it anymore so another thing too did you uh, since you were licensed at the time <coughs> did you get to keep the commission mm -hmm. okay so that was another bonus right that you was a bonus that was a cherry on top Mm -hmm. So you essentially, it was, you got in with nothing down if you count the commission that you had, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. About how much was that? A few thousand bucks? The commission, so um, since it was a personal deal, I didn't really have to pay too many splits or anything on that. Yeah. There was just a couple of small uh, fees that I had to pay. I think it was like four or five grand, actually, a commission on that because I got to keep the whole thing. Yeah. And you needed about a little over a thousand to close. So so you probably got, what, 3,500 bucks to buy a house? To buy a house, yeah. Get your license, I know, <laughs> if you're going to do this. It can help. Yeah, no, getting a license could really help investing, too. So you got paid to buy this house, and then while you lived there, um, you, you lived there for free. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought that couldn't be done. You made it happen. Yeah. How, I long, didn't... how long did you live there? Three years. Three years? Mm -hmm. Okay. And did Three anything and ever go crazy <laughs> wrong? Did you, did you have to evict anyone? Uh, yeah. Any cool stories? Yeah, so the the friend. Yeah, so we oh. did have to have a, a fierce conversation with a friend. Um, yeah, and I, I, I still love him to this day. We, we still hang out and whatnot. But sometimes living situations can change the relationship between friends and roommates and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so they apparently, they we went out to, we went out of state um, for, I think it was a couple of days or a week for a family event. We get back and the house was late. It wasn't destroyed but it was, it was everything was sticky oh, okay like the cabinets were sticky the sticky. countertops were sticky like our blinds were all folded up and i'm like hmm, i wonder what happened here and he threw huh. a giant rager at, okay. at the house and my wife was not okay with that we <laughs> 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 found like ping pong balls and stuff um oh, kind of all over the place and that was kind of a clear thing that we kind of established a boundary yeah. um that hey you know please don't throw a party and ruin my stuff <laughs> sounds like a good party well but Blinds are sticky. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was probably pretty fun. I was kind of sad I wasn't invited, you know. Um, but that was kind of the start of that whole process, and eventually, you know, he ended up leaving, um, and you know, we left on good terms and everything like that. It just didn't okay. work out personally, and so essentially, we rented out to another family member at that point. Okay, <clears throat> gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, with when you're house hacking, do you have lease agreements with your? Roommates? Not on the first one. Oh, Not perfect. that that whole three years no lease agreement. It was just it was just essentially cash, okay. um, going into a bank account. Now I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. gotcha. And I would probably recommend it. It's a little more. Um, how do I put it? It's just a lot better. So it's, it's there's a lot more clarity. Um, and I would always have a lease agreement in place, whether I'm house hacking, um, you know, or renting a property. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. So three years down the road, you decide to sell. What what made you want to sell? Uh, we gained a lot of equity. 
mm-hmm. in, the, in the property during the time we were there along with the market increasing in value. Um, and it, it was a great first house. And realistically, um, I could have possibly kept it. It would have been kind of tough depending on, on what we were doing at the time. But what I did was I sold it um, and, and rolled and rented actually for about seven months and I hated it. I was in an apartment mm-hmm. um, while we were looking for the next deal. Because what I really wanted to buy was a multifamily. I really wanted to start getting into multifamily yeah. um, housing or units or even kind of what I did, uh, which would be buying a single family that really would work for a multifamily and convert it into one. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Um, but we did find a really awesome deal that uh, the ha- the home was located on mul- uh, an R2 zone plot. So essentially a multifamily lot. And that okay. made everything and all the legalities like perfect. And um, you definitely, go ahead. So do you mind sharing, uh, mm-hmm. when you when you sold this mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. How, how much in proceeds did you wind up with? After fees and everything. Yeah. Um, I need to remember what the check was. It was just under eighty grand. Under eighty grand. Okay. It was like seventy nine thousand. So you. Yeah. So you. That was were, after everything. Um, so you bought this house. That was newer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got a check for buying it. Mm-hmm. And then you got to live there for free for three years. Mm-hmm. And then you go and sell it, and then you get another check for almost eighty thousand dollars. Yep. Not bad. Nope. <laughs> Not bad at all. Um, and so, yeah, owning this a real, is why real estate is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> and I'll always be doing it. Yeah. I'll always be in it. Now, a lot of people might be thinking if they haven't done this before, okay, so $80,000, that must be taxed like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it's not. <laughs> no? How much no. in taxes did you pay? Zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. And that's because you lived in it for two out of the last five years. Yep. So the, the government gives you a, uh, a uh, what do they call it? No tax. Oh, no capital gains. Essentially, Just no capital gains. yeah. I don't know exactly the term, but no. Term since since it's a since it's your primary residence, yeah. You if That's you live right. there for two years, yeah, you won't get taxed capital gains on that short or long term. Even um, though it was somewhat of an investment property, you still mm-hmm. didn't have any taxes because mm-hmm. it was your primary residence mm-hmm. that you were living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and what a lot of there's there's a couple of nuances to it as you grow too when it comes to you know adding more stuff into your portfolio, but. Um, another thing, I hate paying taxes. I really do. Um, and so I don't know a lot of people that love it, but I know, know. right. Most, (laughs) most of the time people don't really like giving up a bunch of their money. So, but there's a lot of ways and the more you learn about real estate that it manages a fantastic investment investment to where even if you're not just buying one property at a time and you have multiple properties in your portfolio, there's a lot of ways to actually transfer um, your equity in, in certain properties to other properties without paying any taxes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- there really is. Uh, for like a 1031 exchange, if you guys don't know what that is, is pretty sweet. Um, yeah. You know, if you transfer, transfer, you know, maybe lower performing uh, properties into higher performing properties, and guess what? It's a tax deferment. You're not, not paying taxes, you're just deferring it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we but, talked about this on the Sean Dolan podcast mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, if you guys want to learn more about that, I would, I would check out that podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean Dolan, he talks about how he basically did a ten thirty one on twenty units out in Spokane to over one hundred and thirty over in the Midwest, and yeah. got to defer all those capital gains over time. Yeah, it's but, it's a fantastic way to do it. I mean, yeah, the more you learn about real estate, the more you really realize how awesome of an investment it is, especially if done right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where 
a lot of what my net worth is going to come from, yeah. you know? Tell me about your, your next property that you bought. Oh, okay. So the one that we're in right now. Um, so we bought it. Um, it was an older house, older than the one we sold. Okay. Um, but the layout was perfect for what we were looking to do. We either wanted to buy a duplex, uh, a triplex or a quad, um, or get a, or get into a single family that we can essentially turn into a duplex. Um, so we went with, after months of searching, um, we went with a, a single family to turn into a duplex. So we got it at a really great price. Um, and it worked out perfectly because the basement windows were all conforming to fire code because it's essentially a split level. It's not like a full basement with the tiny little windows. Okay. Um, it it was, it's in an area that's zoned, um, multifamily. So in, in Post Falls would be considered R2. <clears throat> um, and what else was really cool about it? Oh, and it's in the, uh, opportunity zone in Post Falls. There's one, um, which is a new thing. Um, and it's, it's a little complicated to chat with about, I would say on this, on this podcast, but, um, that's, it's a really cool thing to buy stuff in opportunity zones long-term for tax reasons as well. Yeah. Um, and we talk about opportunity zones. Sorry, I'm going to refer back to another podcast. Yeah. In depth with uh, <laughs> Kevin Cross on the, fir- the very first podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, episode number one, Kevin Cross. Check that out. It's, I think it's towards the, end, towards the end of the podcast, but we go into depth about opportunity zones. And it is very complicated, uh, very complicated but um, mm-hmm. just a, a huge hidden gem. It is, and really, not a lot of people either. A lot, a lot of people don't even know they exist. No mm-hmm. clue, um, and they could be a great strategy, um, you know, or it's just another tool in your belt. Yeah. When when it comes to investing, so, um, but what we did is again, it's a single family home. It was it's twenty four hundred square feet. About uh, it's a four bed, two bath. So okay. the way it's laid out is two beds are on top, two beds are on bottom, one bath on on each level as well. Yeah. Um, the windows were great. We didn't have to do anything with that. Um, the zoning was great. Didn't really have to do much with that. And it had a wet bar downstairs. So gotcha. they already had water plumbed to, it was just like a little sink and a little, little countertop. So you got a kitchen. So we had a kitchen, so we didn't have to do any plumbing. <laughs> so um, all we really did was we, we tore that wet bar out. We put new uh, cabinetry and countertops and a sink in. We wow, added... Essentially, a breakfast bar on the other side, so we put up a wall, um, or not a wall, but you know, breakfast bar with yeah, uh, with uh, with wiring and whatnot. We had a two forty run in, a couple one tens. We we built it all to code essentially okay. too. So we added the kitchen in there and um, did flooring down there. The carpet was awful. We tore that out. It was pretty gross. <laughs> just, just original nasty, really thick carpet. So we put LVT down there, um, okay. and yeah. So essentially, we turned that whole downstairs into another unit. Nice. And so the issues that we had with the old house with, again, house hacking, which I absolutely love. But again, you're all sharing the same kitchen, same spaces for the most part. Right. We were able to resolve that by now we have two separate spaces, gotcha. two separate so kitchens. So you're just sharing the entryway. We're just sharing the entryway right now. Gotcha. And we do. And have I've a seen co- a lot of conversions on mm-hmm. these split level homes mm-hmm. where um, they'll put a door at the bottom of the stairs and a door at the top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the entry is shared, mm-hmm. um, but then you have two more exterior doors. Have you thought about doing anything like that's that? That's absolutely. So that's, that's our next uh, okay. project on it. So what's our situation is a little specific, so I can't really say do this, do that when it comes yeah. to, you know, what your strategy is, but it's working for us. So um, we're actually renting to family again. Um, okay. And it's <laughs> and uh, Why not? <laughs> well, they wanted to. So, um, and it works out because we know them, we trust mm-hmm. them. Um, 
And again, with it being more of a separate space, we get into each other's hair a lot less. There's really not a whole lot of conflict. Do you guys share the garage? So the garage is ours. Okay. Um, we don't share the garage. They park on the street. Uh -huh. um, and that's part of the deal. Um, and this house, funny enough, has alleyway on the back. Yeah. And it actually has a gate <laughs> and almost like a perfect two-car parking space in the back. Nice. So uh, we, we do have ample parking. Now, is this zoned where you can maybe build an accessory dwelling unit in your backyard since you have an alley? And like have a small detail. You know, actually, cash. that's a great idea. And I'll look into that because I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I, that wasn't what I was looking for originally when it came to the property. So I'll definitely look into that okay. because that would be pretty sweet. And we might actually consider doing something like that. Because I've done conversions before mm -hmm. and I, it can be very complicated. Um, but if, it, if, the, if you're not officially a duplex on that, mm -hmm. that unit that you're living in and it works for you, um, you can just build the accessory dwelling unit mm -hmm. on the backyard yep. and then you have essentially a triplex. Yep, that is true. And what's cool is uh, depending on how you do a conversion to, like if you don't completely seal off one unit from the other from the inside, it's technically still a house. Yep. Maybe there's a door there. The door can have a lock on it and the door will never be open possibly. Well, it depends on how it's all, all done. But it's still a house. Yeah. Just a house with another unit, a mother-in-law suite essentially. And... It's your house. You can do what you want with it. What are your long-term plans with this place? Do you think you'll move out of it? In a yeah, long-term I'll definitely be moving out of it. Um, I actually really I like it more than the last house. So we'll probably be in it for a while. Okay. So either we'll be buying other properties while staying in this one and renting mm -hmm. those other properties out, you know, uh, doing a, a renovation on them and then renting. Um, and eventually we might move out of it. And then we'll either rent. We're not entirely sure what the plan is to rent, whether it's going to be both units in a sense or the house itself. Either way it'll work out and, and the numbers make sense, it caps well, um, and it'll be good. So um, it'll just be on which way we wanna take it, whether we wanna rent both or, or just one. But after I ran the numbers on it, it'll work out either way. Light, come he's, back on. These darn lights. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off. There, there we go. go, got it. It's like that episode of The Office. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you seen that? Dwight Bites building and switches all the lights. Yeah, and he's taking and the plies of the always... toilet paper and stuff. Yeah, yeah that, that was a funny one. So mm -hmm. That's the office, exactly. <laughs> lights <laughs> shut off on you every time. There you go. You got to save that money okay. somehow. <laughs> but yeah, um, great idea with the doors. That, like I said, that's our next, that's literally our next. Um, uh, next project. Next project, yeah. So we just don't know whether or not we want to cut out an exterior door, which mm -hmm. would be more expensive. Um, or if we do want a shared front, because it, the landing is really big. Um, and then you have stairs going up, stairs going down, uh, and then into the garage, uh, another door. Okay. Um, but I was considering framing out the top, putting in a door. So it's essentially like a, like a, an apartment, like mm -hmm. an interior access, and then you have the two, two doors. That would probably be the easiest way, and that's what I'm thinking about doing. So, mm -hmm. so uh, tell me what uh, – so you're in real estate sales for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you want to transfer and get out of that and start your own business in the pest control industry? A couple things. <clears throat> real estate's a fan real estate's fantastic, especially the selling part of it. Um, you learn a lot. You can make a ton of money doing yeah. it as well. And you were doing pretty well mm -hmm. too, right? Yep. I mean, you were keeping busy. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I was kind of shocked to see you leave because most most agents that I see leave the business, it's because they're not doing well. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that it was interesting to see um, switch gears and do something else. But um, looks, 
like you're having a lot of fun with it. So sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, you're fine. Um, so it's the same reason that that I essentially went into that real estate investing seminar in the first place. I got into real estate not necessarily to sell real estate. That mm-hmm. just happened naturally. Yeah. Um, because you know, real estate, investing in real estate, selling real estate kind of just made sense to do it. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot of fun and still will have fun doing it. I'm just doing a more referrals at this point. But the reason why I got out of real estate, the sales part of real estate or being a real estate agent directly, um, is that let's say you make, I don't know, a hundred grand a year, right? Selling real estate, for example, you're doing fine. Yeah. Okay. Next year you're making, I don't know, 120, 150. Next year you make 200. Doesn't really matter. What if one year you get sick? you're not selling anymore. You're not out in the field as much. Well, your income drastically drops. You didn't re- you don't really have it's equity in, in what you're doing as much. And that's one of the reasons that it's just a job. It's a job that you got to show up to. That you got to show up to. It's unless, a great job. Yeah. It's a hard job. Let's for sure. leverage in place and I mean there are some agents that have teams and they mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to be there. I mean the functions that's when you transfer more from self-employed to a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, mo- I mean, ninety-five percent of the agents out there, they they got they bought themselves into a job, mm-hmm. and if they don't show up, they don't make anything. Yep, and that's my main thing. That was it, it's a great job, like I said, it's a hard job. But I wanted to, the reason why I got into investing, or get, the reason why I wanted to get into real estate investing is to build long-term wealth, um, you know, through real estate. And also build passive income along, you know, with building my net worth as well. Um, and it just made sense for me to look into other industries, um, you know, that I wanted to potentially get into and to build a brand. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily buy into a franchise. I built my own brand um, oh, when yeah. it came into pest control. Yep. Okay. Um, and it's a pretty cool branding. I mean, it almost seems like a franchise the way it's set up. Yeah. I, I almost thought it was a franchise just... Because of the name and everything and the logo, mm-hmm. it looks all pretty legit. Yep. Yeah. It's it, it's a it's a facade. No, I'm it's kidding. A facade. <laughs> no. Um. So I wanted to own something. I wanted to be able to potentially fran- like franchise it in the future. That's why I'm building it the way I'm building yeah. it too. Um. And it, again, it's just having equity in what you do is whatever. I wanted. Uh, it's my baby, you know. Mm-hmm. And I want it to eventually take care of me when I'm older and can't take care of it. It's a lot of work up front. Tons of work up front. But I like that sort of. Th- I like that stuff. I like top down, you know, finding what works, different strategies. And I also like building. Yeah. I'm a builder. Um, so that, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to get into my own business necessarily is to, to be able to build something to do what I like, you know, five years from now I could sell it if I wanted to. I probably won't because I love it, yeah. but it, I have the, the choice to do so. I, 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 and it's also another thing I want to be able to take care of the people that work for me as well. Um, and to build something truly special is what I really wanted to do. Um, and that was my main, that was my, the, the, one of the main reasons I, I wanted to get out of necessary, of, of direct sales in real estate and, and to build a company is, is, is having equity in something, you know, mm-hmm. having it be worth something tangible. Yeah. So, um, could you give the people out there an idea who haven't started a business before, what kind of what kind of capital it takes and what kind of, uh, I mean, what are, what are some of the steps that you got to do right away? Like day one, let's okay, I'm going to start this pest control business. What do you do? Come <laughs> up, you come up with a name, logo first. Oh, man, that's, that's do, a do really you, tough question. Do you question. go to classes to figure out what, how to do what you're doing? 
you know well, somebody in the industry that you've worked with before? Knowing someone in the industry definitely helps. I've always been, and this is funny, it's the same thing with real estate, uh, almost like a fake it till you make it. Like if you want to mm-hmm. do something, even though you don't have everything perfectly aligned, because you'll never have stuff perfectly aligned, you either have to do it or don't. Um, and if you just choose to jump in and, and you're committed and you're working hard, a plan of action will follow. It's definitely good to have an idea of where you're going, but you won't know everything. The best companies in the world, um, the highest performing that consistently beat the market, they don't always have a concrete idea of where they're going or a concrete plan. They, they have plans, but it's not like, you know, if you look at Apple, they know exactly what, what, they're, what products they're going to be selling in five years because something else could happen. Um, you have to have some sort of flexibility there. Um, for someone starting new, I would recommend, you know, if you're going to do something, yeah, you spend time working on your logo, spend time working on, you know, how it's going to look. Cause especially if it's something that grows big, it's something they're going to be looking at. That's brand recognition. You know, it's, it's good yeah. to, to like what you're, what you've built. But when it comes to business itself, it's going to come down to the lead generation more so than what your stupid logo looks like. Yes, eventually, once you become national or something really big, yeah, that brand recognition, the marketing is going to become a lot more important than when you're just starting out. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's going to be pounding the pavement, meeting with business owners, meeting with people that are in your, in your industry or meeting with the customers that are starting, that are directly buying whatever service or product that you're going to be selling. Um, but as for like startup capital, you, can, you, you don't have to spend a lot of money to start. You really don't, um, you know, just buying the essentials with whatever business you're, 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 you're going in. But I would say what I started with, I spent probably more than the average person would when they start a pest control company. Yeah. Uh, most likely. Um, cause I had some money from real estate and it's something yeah. that I knew I was going to commit to. So the to. real estate helped fund your business. 100%. Your business. 100%. house. I'm guessing, uh, or, I poured, or being able to save. I save. I, I'm a I'm a saver. Have a, yeah, so I'm a saver. I, I I don't like spending a whole lot of money. It's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I built my personal, like my personal finances revolve around you know, uh, being as low impact as possible financially while still being able to enjoy yourself a ton, and so that's where that house hacking comes into play to where I don't have to take a lot of money for my business to support myself. That's huge because I can reinvest back into the company yeah. all the time. And that's that's my strategy. I keep reinvesting and reinvesting mm-hmm. and reinvesting back into the company to be able to just do cool stuff and grow it because I, I truly love it. Um, and for, for someone that's going into business for themselves, brand new, biggest piece of advice is make sure you, you're not just doing it because you think you're going to make money doing it. Like, yeah. Don't just hop into stuff because you see someone else doing it and that they're making money. You don't know how long it took them to start making money. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't know their motivations behind that business. You don't know how much they love the business or don't like the business or whatever. Uh, But make sure it's something that you know you're going to like. In fact, that you know you're going to love doing. Um, And if you go into it with that mindset, you don't have to start with a bunch of money. You could probably honestly start a company in in, in pest control maybe under 10 grand, maybe. You know, you might yeah. be a little janky for a little while, but you could probably do it. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I mean, 10,000 might seem like a lot to, to a lot of people, but 
No, I mean, you not see, for a business. Not for a business, and if you just stop drinking coffees for a while, you can save up the money to do it. Um, I probably spent about 50. 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Okay. You bought a van and a bunch of equipment, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So the van, the van, the van to start itself, you know, because a solo operator, right? That was like twenty five grand. That was okay. half of the startup costs. Yeah. yeah. So. And you're probably got, glad you got a great van. You're not oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Up it's, with it's, a clunker it's, no. To so, your job site. Yeah, and uh, and like my thing is, if you look at my brand and, and the branding and kind of how we represent ourselves, we're a highly credible business in the area, yeah. and I want to portray that and keep that up. It's not required. You can't. You can show up with a clunker. If, if that, but the thing is, it's, it's also, there's the sales part of it. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to project what you're doing to the customer and make sure they're comfortable with what you're going to be doing. Right. And I'm in houses every day. Yeah. I'm selling every single day. And almost every, every appointment you go on. So you, do you follow up with just about everybody and ask them to review you on Google, Facebook, that kind of stuff? Or do, have you weaned off of that? Since you have so many more reviews than most people know, or no, there's still plenty of companies with reviews. Um, I think it's 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 highly important to ask for feedback. I mm-hmm. think it's highly important to ask for that. One, it keeps your customers engaged, um, and it's just something it's something else to talk about too. When either you're at the door, or when you're following up with them, it's the email that like you sent could have is will have your branding on it. It's another touch. You know, can you provide feedback? Um, and I took a lot from, you know, how Keller Williams operates with their, their database and spheres on how many times you should touch um, a client, whether it's direct mail, whether it's emails, whether it's phone calls to follow up with my people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helps a lot. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, no, I have not weaned off of that. Gotcha. And I'm going to keep, keep doing it. So right now, is, is it just you? Um, for North Idaho, yeah. Yeah. Yep, it's just okay. me. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the next step? The next step, business? yeah, so the next step, uh, we will be hiring... Um, uh, servicemen or service technicians. Okay. Um, and what's cool about, you know, if, if you're in a relationship with somebody or if you have a wife and, and she's super supportive of what you're doing, at a certain point, if you get to where, um, you know, the business can support your lifestyle or your, your bills and whatnot consistently without your significant other having to work, for example, mm-hmm. um, well, if they're comfortable with it, they can help you grow the business as well with, without, um, to essentially avoid the first scary part about your first hire, right? So yeah. like for, it's for us, scary. <laughs> it's incredibly scary because it's also yeah. a really big expense. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of work that can get taken off your plate just by having someone like a significant other help with that. So for scheduling and calling, my significant other helps yeah. with that, which allows me to go and to do what I do best as well. Um, which is go in the field and, and, and take care of my customers, make sure they're super happy and, and, and do what I got to do. Um, but we will be hiring. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be the next step. I would probably say the summer, um, yeah. this summer, maybe mid to early summer, we'll be hiring people. Right mm-hmm. on. Yeah. All right. Hope it goes well. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's about it. I mean, yeah. What's the name of your company again? Uh, it's Captar Environmental. Okay. Yep. Captar Environmental. Pest Control Services. And what kind of uh, services do you offer? So we offer any sort of pest control, um, whether it's ants, rodents, bees, uh, well, wasps, yellow jackets, not honeybees. So don't freak out on me. <laughs> no, no honeybees? <laughs> no, no honeybees. No, we're, we're big on that. Um, and uh, we also offer sanitation services. So if, if a raccoon or uh, you have a really bad rodent infestation, they make your place really disgusting and you have to change insulation yep. and stuff, we go there and deal with that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. the squirrel in the walls of one of my rentals that you helped me out with. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that exclusion was fun. 
so mm-hmm. thanks <laughs> <laughs> no it was, it was fine yeah yeah so but yeah that's what we do um so we take and we we're really big on customer service like we have a yeah an amazon approach to it like if anyone is unhappy in any way we, we one we make it right either by coming back over and over again to solve a problem mm-hmm. um or we just offer a full refund and and you know it is what it is yeah. uh that almost never has to happen uh, but we are big on on customer ret- retention and service, so we'll do whatever we can to make them happy. Yeah, so your customers are everything. Okay, your customers are everything. They're your people. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to treat them right. Once you stop treating them right, uh, that's when I think a company starts, you know, failing in its duties. Yeah. You have to treat your people. Okay, they're not just they're yeah, not there to pay you. Them. That's not their purpose. It's just to funnel you money. Yeah, you know, they're they're highly important and they should be taken care of. Yeah, if you're not taking care of your customers, you're doomed to fail fast, too, I would imagine. As, yeah. And this is a small town. People talk. Yeah, people talk. Most, it's a most small town spread out. Referral, um, referrals. Yeah, word of mouth is huge, um, and getting out there is huge. And like I said, if you, it's, it's, your reputation is more important than a lot of people think it is. Mm-hmm. It's massive. You might not notice now if you start treating people poorly or you don't have poor customer service, but you will notice it three years from now. Mm-hmm. You will notice it two years from now, potentially. It's not instant. It's not instant bad thing, but it will. It will be. It'll grow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Sweet. Well, I'm very proud of you. Mm-hmm. All that you've done in the last few years, and uh, keep at it. We'll keep in touch. Heck yeah, Johnny. Good to see you. Good to see you. Really exciting. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Shed podcast. Please like the video and subscribe to the channel for instant access to all future episodes. If you or someone you know has investing experience or stories to share, reach out to us in the comments or via email.